0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God.
2: Welcome to another edition of Believe in Surfing. Omar Echeverry, myself, Cyrus Sotts. We have a guest, O-Dog. It's our first one on the new podcast.
0: i psyched. A legend, too. Are you Dude. kidding me?
2: Yes, a major legend, a great friend of ours. He's been a competitor at Mavericks for literally every single uh, event that they've run there. Um, he was part of, in my opinion, one of the best surfing documentaries ever, Riding Giants. Um, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show, Grant Washburn. Grant, how are you doing, brother?
1: i'm doing good i didn't know it's first wow
2: yeah well we've we've taped a few of them and and we just kind of wanted to you know get the wheels oiled and uh you know get get in the motion of the things and now we're ready so we picked you as the first one congrats sweet well i'm sure you guys were always
1: oiled i can't imagine (laughs) you not being ready
0: (laughs) (laughs) i like it where are
1: you right now i'm on the beach at ocean beach and it's it's good. It's offshore. It's not real big, but there's really nice waves. So. Oh, beautiful! Uh, I'll just sit on the dune and do it with you out here.
2: Nice. That's the best setting, right? Omar, you're in Santa Cruz. I'm in San Luis Obispo. Oh, dog! I mean, uh, Grand Washburn is on Ocean Beach in San Francisco. Those are three good
1: places to be at. We're covering the bases. That's Especially right. Dodging <laughs> <laughs> the smoke clouds. Yeah, like uh, the fires, are, I don't know how, where you guys are, but we, we kind of have been spared this year. But the last couple seasons, right around now, you, the waves are good and you couldn't breathe.
2: Oh, that's crazy. And, it, and they, Well, it does coincide, right? Fire season usually coincides with the perfect time of year to surf because those offshore winds that help produce those great great waves are also, unfortunately, you know, spreading these fires around. Um, yeah, it is a weird conundrum there. So Grant, man, it's been a few years since we've talked to you. Like what, what have you been doing, man? Are you, are you just surfing? Are you, you working? What you been
1: up to? Yeah, a little bit of all the same stuff. So still live on ocean beach, still surfing all the time. Uh, my kids are getting older, so it's fun. Cause I'm surfing bigger waves with them. I'm not at Mavericks yet, but, uh, we'll <laughs>
3: see.
1: I'm kind of afraid. I'm hoping they don't want to go to Mavericks, but it's so, so much fun this week, especially like they catch the best wave of their life. Like every week. How you old know? are they? The first real yeah. season. How? My older one's 15. She's a a junior. They really weren't, I mean, we surfed our whole lives, but they really weren't that into it um, until they got a little older. And the ones really, we've been surfing every day, sometimes doubled session, and it's just a blast. So anyway, it's killer. And um, I worked on a documentary about uh, Greg Noel, speaking of riding giants. So uh, this all kind of came about because of that, and the project of of revisiting his original films, which he shot in the 50s and 60s. And that's the opening third of riding giants a lot of that footage was actually greg's footage but we only transferred about five percent of it for riding giants so there's a lot of other stuff that was sitting in his closet and every time i see him after that we, i would say you got to copy that stuff and he'd say yeah yeah we gotta do that and so finally the last couple of years we did that we made a little film
2: that's amazing oh Doug, i don't know if you're with me when when uh, i interviewed greg Knoll. were you a part of that this was like back in like 2003 or four it was a long ass time ago
0: Gosh, you know what? I, I, I don't think I was, but I've hung out with the guy a few times back when they used to have the Shaper uh, trade shows. Yes. Um, I, I hung out with him uh, for a bit. I, I was friends with his son. Um, super, super cool guy. Um, great Shaper as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, dude. Such a great guy. He, he lived down the street from me growing up um and oh cool I mean, what a legend i mean that guy pioneered yeah. big waves when when literally they would show up to a beach and you're like hmm like uh, I'm, is this even feasible <laughs> like we're gonna ride you know an upgraded plank of wood on a huge wave with no trunk no leash no anything the guy's a legend he's such a pioneer yeah. he really
1: is They yeah. had no clue they had no clue what they were doing but they knew that it looked like fun and we're going for it
2: <laughs> yeah and and he to this day i mean of all the interviews i've done i still when people ask me like what was your best interview i still say greg knoll number one you know and and the simple reason is that well he curses like a sailor and i do love that about him but he's in, yep. he's so uh transparent he has no filter and for for someone like me i love that i 100 percent respect just truth and honesty and transparency and he gives that to you and that also explains why grant I'm looking at your Instagram uh, page right now. You can follow Grant Washburn on Instagram at Big G Wash. Is that the best way to describe that? B I G G Wash. That's it. Um,
3: yeah,
1: I didn't understand. They don't have capitals for that part. So no <laughs> big wash. <one. laughs> a lot of big. <laughs> my first time on Instagram. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, you're doing good, man. You got a good follower count, and you can see these pictures uh, of, of Grant Washburn with Greg Knoll, the bull. Um, and, yeah, and, and just to finish up on on that, I, I, to me, the craziest part of surfing back in those days, big waves especially, is the fact that you didn't have surf forecasts. And that was one of the craziest stories Greg Noel had was being out there without knowing when these monster swells were going to come or how big they're going to be. And so sometimes you're like getting stuck out there all of a sudden because you have these huge swells coming out of nowhere and you have no idea when they're coming. F- insane. I mean, everything they did was insane. Yeah,
1: they didn't. It was definitely I mean, they were they were like pioneers on 10 levels because they were exploring new territory, doing something that other people had not done, you know, you know, weather and conditions that other people hadn't really approached. So (laughs) it was interesting. And then he was filming it. So that's what's really neat and exciting actually had Jed. His son is in a lot of the film. kind of revisiting it with us. But the funny part of it is it had been put in these cans And Jed's entire life up until last summer. They were just, don't touch those. Don't open them. And I was (laughs) looking, and all I knew was, don't (laughs) open the film. And now I'm 40-something years old, and I still don't know if there's anything in it. (laughs) So we're going to find out. Um, Wow. Yeah, really neat guy. It's a really killer family and so much fun. And like you said, Greg's stories, we would go up there. I've been up to his house a bunch of times up in Crescent City during this project, and he just starts telling stories like, right away and you, you know we're like we are not set up yet You're like hold on the microphone get the camera no no okay first things first, put the microphone on greg and then we'll set up because halfway through anything we're doing he'll tell the best story and you wish you had it so that's how we started approaching it that way and now i got 17 hours of greg telling stories
0: wow oh man that's awesome and, and when are you coming out with this or um what we should, i showed it nice
1: well, the first, the, the first idea was that the, we had to preserve the footage. So it's original Kodachrome, 60 millimeter. He actually got the camera from Warren Miller when he was 19.
0: Wow, another Filmed legend.
1: all the stuff in the early the 50s and 60s. Yeah, so, so the stuff hadn't been touched a lot, which is really nice. But we had to get it transferred over, which was the, that's yeah, so what kind of kicked the whole thing off. And then when we were doing it, there's a, quite a lot of footage. A lot of it you hadn't seen. Some of it was in Riding Giants. But um I, he didn't remember what a lot of it was and i didn't we didn't know what was going to be in there so there was kind of this neat discovery thing where we went up to his house and we dig him out of the storage and and um you know so that's this film so this is the the story of preserving it and it's not it, it t- touches on a bunch of it but it's not really going in depth into what all he, he did and some of that stuff is in Ryan giants and they did a pretty good you know storyline line on it but what we're doing is kind of just like introducing it all and then there's quite a bit more so i'm I've, Showed that intro piece and it it got accepted at the Hawaiian um, International Film Festival, going there next week and going to go interview Brian Kiolana and Buffalo Kiolana And so it turns out one of the kids that Greg's jumping around with is Buffalo back in the day, and he's also 19 years old. And uh, they're body surfing in the Caja. So we're going to rent the house out of the Caja. And we're, it's almost 50 years to the day that Greg caught his huge wave in 1969. Yes. And I'm going to shoot a few more interviews and kind of follow up on these stories. So everything you uncover, like every can you open, there's a whole new pile of stuff dumps out. Like, you know, it's just for any frame, he would say, wait, wait, stop. See that gal in the back? <laughs> this, you know, and I go, whoa, hold on. <laughs> you know, and minute. like, so the stories. I was just saying like there was it was just endless and he didn't just film the way if he was shooting the coast and the trip over and the car ride and, you know, the airport and stuff. So it's really, really neat. And there's quite a lot there. And we're just kind of scratching the surface, but it's all preserved. And that's sort of the, the first step.
0: Nice. And, and so are you, are you going to have like a series of them or, or is the eventual end goal like a one big movie um, released through film festivals? Um, I'm curious because I want to see this stuff like me too. I get chills when yeah, I yeah that's it.
1: what i don't know we did i showed at the coconut grove i had a kind of a test uh, screening and yeah. we, we packed that place on the pier awesome. there it was awesome. awesome and tons of people came i got greg down he's 82 years old right now and he's well enough to go to hawaii and he's all stoked but uh, he's had some you know health issues up and down here and there and we were lucky enough that he was feeling good and a lot of the guys uh, came out and it was a packed house so that was cool to see it but now basically it's at the film festivals um, at some point my co-producers are going to decide who and where we're going to distribute it. But hmm. it, it, the first short was really an introduction and there's so much more, whether it's a feature or if there's a couple of different versions of, you know, shorts. Um, I'm not sure what it'll be, but there's just, it's the most important thing was to preserve it. And now we got to figure out what all is in there. So it's it's copied into hard drives and now it's like you need Greg and Pat Curran and Buffalo to tell us what's going on <laughs> in these yeah. shots because wow, they're that still means... around and they can still do that. Yeah. Wow.
2: That's, that is crazy. So, so this film's not ready yet. So right now you're in the, you're in the production, the pre-production phase or I don't know if it was the documentary, I don't know if there was a pre No, so it's
1: basically, I made a short. So the short's 40 minutes and I kind of, it was like, you know, rather than bite off the whole thing. And actually Stacy Peralta was the one who told me, he said, rather than go right after a huge long project, just jump in and do something quick and get it done. Hmm. Because of course, well, there's a whole bunch of different things going here, but you know, Greg's 82 years old. The uh, some of my, uh, other friends we hadn't done a huge project on our own and stacy's busy with jerry lopez and so he goes he said you should just do a short and you can turn it around and get it out there so that's what this is and it could easily bump into a, a you know a 90 minute long one but also could be episodic or there's room for a whole new feature so wow i just wanted to get it done and get it out there and it was just so fun i rather than put a whole bunch of pressure on this like making it a one-off thing i just made one that i wanted to make and it was it's really fun and it's really more like you jump in the car with me and we go visit greg like it's that kind of a show that's amazing <laughs> so it's really it's really loose and you know the first thing he says no no my crab pots are out we got to go get my crab pot so rather than go look at the film we went right into a boat and drove, <laughs> drove out. <laughs> that's, that's a great. whole adventure i mean he can't like any server he's even 80 something years old if a wave comes by and he's in a boat he's gonna try to get it
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so good and,
0: and uh it's, he's still living up in crescent city correct
1: yeah, and he's about right now, he's putting his crab pots out because it's tomorrow. Yep. Is yeah. uh, the season. <laughs> and uh, he's awesome. got a bunch of really funny, but one of the stories he said when he used to bring Dungeness back to Hawaii and they, the guys that they don't have those there. And he said, man, those big Hawaiian guys that eat the whole thing, the shells, the lungs, everything that he does on the plate. <laughs> That's a, but I made a lot of friends.
2: I can't, I can't believe that he still wow. calls Crescent City home. Like, I O dog your wife's family is from there. I used to go to Humboldt State University, which is still like over an hour, if not two, south of Crescent City. It's one of the most random isolated places in this state, if not country. I, I'm, sh- I'm honest. I'm genuinely shocked that he's still calling that place home. Even his, like, older son bailed on that place and sold the surf shop or closed it, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, no, Jed lives down there. Well, down he has two sons. There, yeah. I think
2: he has two sons, though. I think he has one son mm-hmm. who is in Hawaii, who, yep. who left and went to Hawaii, right? And then he has Jed. Who's, is that correct? Am I, am I wrong? Yep, yep. Okay. But yeah. you know
1: what? It's nice up there. He's got a pretty good, you know, it's dialed in. He's, in, he's off the coast up in this river, <laughs> uh-huh. and he's got his fishing boat. And, um, but there's some really funny stories of when he moved up there, too. So, there's, it's, uh, you know, he said it reminded him of the North Shore in the 50s yes. when he yes. first got to crescent city yes. it's like you know i yeah. tried to get away from southern california and get away from what happened yeah and i was just over it and this was a place that you know pretty nice and i could go fishing and <laughs> of course the people up there were like who's this guy from southern california and why is he trying to take our crab
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, anyway it was a pretty
1: pretty interesting introduction to greg knoll visiting the crabbing and buying for space city. with them yeah <laughs> <That's> <laughs> apparently there was they said there was no laws north of uh, that river there which is right south of where he is so it, it was you know whatever lawless <laughs> that's amazing
0: that, that's that's good i've surfed up there a ton too and yeah my wife is from there um and so i've spent a lot of time up there so it's that place is a trip i mean it, it's the home of pelican bay one of the gnarliest prisons in the state <laughs> um so you have that and then it's this combination of earthy norcal and a redneck mentality it's so it's like that mashed up into one but one of the most beautiful places i mean of course the smith river and and gosh i've scored that harbor so good man i was like i was like wow this is uh, actually a legit insane wave
1: (laughs) it was it seems like it was a perfect place for him to move because the story one of the funniest things another old guy that we interviewed up there said hey it was all lumberjacks and fishermen and when it's windy you can't do either so the bars are full of people and lumberjacks <laughs> don't like fishermen and fishermen don't like lumberjacks. <laughs> and here comes Greg right into the middle of the mix. like Southern <laughs> California uh, tan surfer guy going to go with the lumberjacks and the fishermen. And they're like, huh?
2: He's like, oh. yeah, these are
1: my people. Oh, listen,
2: that's <laughs> amazing. And we we'll definitely look forward to watching that movie. Let's, uh, and speaking of waves and, and cold waters and just big waves in general, Grant, you've definitely made your name Surfing Mavericks, you know, considered one of the biggest, heaviest, gnarliest waves in the world. Um, but unfortunately, it's in the news more times than not. Not necessarily for the waves that people surf or the accomplishments done on the water there, but because of all the turmoil and the politics and the drama that goes with the contest. Last time I spoke to you, I, I remember you were on, on the committee that helped decide everything that goes on with that contest. They haven't had, they haven't run one in years. The WSL took over. They never held one. They just canceled again. Who knows if they're still going to be involved. What's going on with this, with this are there, is there going to be any more contests ever again? What's the scene
1: with Mavericks? <laughs> yeah, no, that is it's definitely part of the, the story of the place.
2: Uh-huh. Um, you know
1: what? WSL's out. They, they've, uh, as, as far as I know, they're definitely like giving up on it. And I kind of felt like all along, they really weren't into the big wave stuff. They, they, Yeah, they kind of dabbled in it at that, you know, they got Gary's big wave tour, but they really weren't ever really interested in pursuing that. I think, you know, they were more into the wave pool and the regular CT and stuff. So, um, you know, I don't know that they really ever had the focus to really do Mavericks, but some of the other people that have come, everybody has their own vision of how it's supposed to go. And, and, you know, mother nature tends to sort of not cooperate exactly like some people want to have it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if you're just in the water out there, you wouldn't really have known all the drama. I mean, I guess, you know, reading, if you only read press clippings, that's what you're getting. Right. If you're out surfing a lot, you would barely have known who was running what, because nobody's done anything for a long time. Right. You know, just the posters are different this year and nothing happened. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so, um, you know, why did we need it? Um, what, the, in the old days, it was fun because there were so few people out there. And to kind of all get them, everybody together and have the best guys have some incentive to really go after it. Mm-hmm. That's how it was those first few seasons. Um, you know, and there were rarely days when we had a whole bunch of really eager guys to go for the big days. You know, at, at that time, it would be two or three people at a time that were out there, not 10 or 20 or 50. So now you have this situation where there's thousands of guys that are really capable, that want to be in this thing. And you're shutting out other thousand guys that aren't quite contest level, but would love to go out and surf Mavericks and, and girls woman, and, and woman, women. Girl. You know, so there's yes. just a ton of people. You're, shut, you're shutting this thing down. Is it a for-profit enterprise for one or two people to benefit? Or is it some kind of a bigger community effort and some other, you know, redeeming pieces of it? And, it, you know, there's always been this trade-off. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what, what is the matters contest? What's this for? What are we trying? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose? So, so right now what they've got is kind of a, a seasonal awards and Jeff's part of it. And there's some other folks kind of set it up. And there won't be one day where they shut the whole place down and they're going to do it kind of more like a XXL, style where at the end of the year we review everything and, and that you know, you can always have that kind of a thing and there's always yeah. good days at Mavericks, but calling one event day and putting a million dollars down, betting that it won't be foggy <laughs> or more, you know, like that's always going to be hard and whoever's doing it has to be doing it right. Or it's going to be impossible. And that's sort of what's happened is people that really weren't. Quite Grant, lined up.
2: Grant, why do you have to put down so much money to hold the contest there? Like why couldn't just the local community, I guess, I guess I'm curious, like, I don't know what the cost is for the permit but i'm guessing the permit you also have to pay for the security that might come with the contest but what is like let's say you don't want sponsors let's say all you're doing is just inviting 28 38 whatever the number is of the best surfers in the world who who the community thinks should be surfing mavericks why can't you just hold like an in-house contest that doesn't have sponsors that doesn't have all this money i mean don't even put it on the web just have it like an in-house contest is that a possibility or is that just something no one's interested in doing
1: Uh, there's a few things. What happened early on was that, that first entity, which you and I were around quite a bit, they really spent a lot of time (laughs) drumming up, uh, crowds, (laughs) right? So they are trying to get 50,000 people to the beach. Right. And if you do that, that's your fault. Like you got to you got to, you have to take care of that. They can't just have nowhere to go to the bathroom or nowhere to park or nowhere, you know, they block the traffic. They are a danger to everyone, <laughs> you know? So, so if that's what you're doing, if you're bringing a huge crowd of people, then it's going to cost you something to, to put up with it. It took a while for that to kind of beat itself back down, but now mm-hmm. that's not as big a deal. But anytime you're going to set stuff up up there, the permits have some, there's going to be permitting for, you know, there's a whole bunch of people that you're stepping on, mm-hmm. park, Coast Guard, uh, Harbor, city state, blah, blah, blah. Then the what would be safety and you know, you end up having to pay those people to be there. So you're paying the harbor for harbor patrolmen, right? And you're paying mm. Coast Guard for Coast Guard guys. Right. So yep, those are on your bill. And then you have what would be supposedly supposed to pay for it, like your webcast or whatever. It's gonna generate the income to offset that. So that's gonna cost you something. So in the end what happened with WSL is they're they're their bottom line is really expensive and they're going to bet on that like around, they wanted us to pick like five to seven days before. Like that's a huge gamble. We never know that we're going to get good conditions for sure yeah. You know that many days before. And if, if it's like, you have to write that check on that Monday for Saturday, that's a risk, you know, and that, and they were attaching a lot of stuff. That is some of it unnecessary, but some of it's, you know, depending on if that's what you're going to run, that's what you're going to have to do and um, you know they weren't ready for it or they weren't able to do it that way or risk the money that it would take to pull back you know if they went on hold and then they couldn't do it they, they would still have to pay everybody that got an airplane they couldn't okay. afford that so they couldn't, yes. couldn't afford to take a chance on it and you know i've worked on a bazillion projects that are like this and there's risk reward to any of these calls and there's also that you know what's plan b what's plan c and you can develop stuff that would work but they sort of didn't
0: yeah, crazy. And you know, I, I worked on that event a few times with you, Grant, and uh, I, yep. I did a beach commentating, um, I did award ceremony, and I did online once or twice. It's all blurry, that part of my life. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But um, <laughs> hey, like, I was right in the mix during some gnarly stuff. Like, wh- that one year was humongous, and the tide got high, and they put the scaffolding like yeah. close. Dude, someone broke their arm. <laughs> Were you at like, the tower? <laughs> yes, I was on the top of the tower. I was the commentator that year, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> my, my, yeah. my and you might have, actually. Dude, it was gnarly. Yeah, no, I, you're totally right, because the lady at the bottom, I was looking down, and the water washed her through, and she caught her arm on the scaffolding, and it like it snapped, I guess, or
1: almost broke. Um, yeah, no, we yeah, had some of those broken bones down there, and that gosh, could have fallen. Were, those speakers, there was really heavy stuff that fell from like 15 <laughs> to 20 feet up. Yep. onto the yes, it onto was the chaos. Crowd.
0: And then, and then I was yeah. working that one year where the cliff started giving in for a second, uh, <laughs> right?
1: Right, dude, I
3: was but like, see, both oh of
1: those gosh, things dude. are Not you know, either. that's gonna happen. It's gonna and happen. Uh, funny enough, like, because I work in film stuff, the guys that set up the scaffolding and some of the other folks are people that don't surf at all. Yeah, but I knew them from working on music videos and stuff, and they were like, Hey, like didn't grant tell us last year not to put stuff here and they said, Oh no, the guy says, put it here. And like, that was one of those things where they cut out everybody that has a clue as far as like setting it up. They're like, no, no, we got it. You know, we'll set it up. So they put right. stuff in a place that those of us that surf at Mavericks, we wouldn't even put your sneakers down. Cause you know, it's going to get wet.
3: Yes. They put yeah. they
1: built like permanent infrastructure in a place that is guaranteed to get swamped on that day. And similarly, those cliffs are corroding, you know, falling, crumbling constantly. And as I walk out there every day, I go surfing. I tell the people that put their towels on those overhangs underneath them, I'm like, listen, that rock wasn't there like 20 minutes ago. You know, it's the size of a beach ball, and they look up and go, "Oh." Yes, so they go. They say, "Be careful," and I said, "Yeah, no, you be careful." <laughs> you know, so just like that day, you know, you're you're safer in the water than you are in that scaffolding on that 2010 event. I mean, that was uh. sketchy.
0: Dude, that was gnarly. I uh-huh. feared for my life. I had that, You know that feeling when you, you're going to be a part of a viral video. <laughs> you know, you're like, Yo, I'm about to be a part of like a news clip. This is terrible. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So you know, I think I think. But you're right. Hey, any event has issues like that. So the infrastructure around a, an event is super expensive. Um, you know, m- my big question to you was, you know, it sounds like the WSL came at you with or came at the event with a more of a corporate look um yes is it kind of like uh um, everyone's glad they're not doing it and are they officially out
1: i, I think they're officially out most people are pretty glad there was Good. definitely uh, there were people making bumper stickers i don't know if you've seen those no <laughs> like, like wsl with the s is a dollar sign and get lost you know no nice. kind of thing <gasps> That's and they so made and a bad. lot of them. So they were, like, in the park, yeah, in the park, lot of Mavericks. <laughs> no the last couple of years. It was like, and then there was a guy that dressed up as the Lorax last year at the opening ceremony <laughs> and stood there with a sign that said, like, Save the Maverick. <laughs> and uh and it was really funny because they just nobody knew what to do he was right in the middle he lined up with the competitors and stood there and we all know who he is we were laughing and it was like oh the lorax the lorax won the <laughs> you know, oh the corporate overlords oh and, uh, so anyway you know oh gosh, there's most of the people that surf out there aren't worried about the event except that it messes with their sessions you know because most yeah. of them aren't trying to get in the contest anymore and that level th- those few guys that are at that level they're like it's crazy right <laughs> The kids from Maui that come over are, like, unbelievable. Right. And a couple few others, locals, you know. So, so there's – in the old days where a lot of people were hoping and trying to get in the event, I think realistically most everybody would realize now, like, that's for the chosen few. And most mm. of the Maui people are just like, ah, how much of a circus is this? And am I ever going to be able to park again? You know, <laughs> like, what kind of a what, – what are they throwing out there this year to make it into more of a mess? And so I think it's nice that the, the new criteria is guys have to make the wave and that's something about the xxl i think has always been a problem is you can't be putting a carrot out there which is suicide for the next generation of you know guys because if that's where the rewards are they will go for it mm-hmm. and i kind of feel like right. that's on us if we're, if we're like if we're backing that as a criteria like oh yeah he went straight at Nazareth or whatever that shouldn't be at the prize winning you know yeah. and at mavericks if you're making yourself get rescued over and over and you're not making it around the corner of the wave you know, that's not a success and we shouldn't celebrate it or reward it. And that's the way it's changing now. So that's something that I think is going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, we saw a ton of that controversy over at Jaws when a couple of guys pulled into closeouts and they got massive scores, you know I mean? And then, I mean, right. that was all over online and that, that's super tough. I mean, but I, I completely agree with you because, you know, whether it's your life, risking your life, pulling into a closeout, um, but the goal is to make the wave, you know, that's, that's, I, if you want to call it the sport, or the achievement you know I, I think the rush is probably better when you make it <laughs> or does it get clobbered
1: um well and um, then you know the other thing is like at mavericks you can take off so deep that you prevent everyone else from going so yeah that that right. could be the situation where everybody eats it and no one rides any good waves because everybody's so deep on the wave that you're either risking dropping in on one of them or you know so so basically like you know, that, that shouldn't give you a high score. You're endangering the rest of the crew and you're ruining that wave for someone who could have taken it off on, you know, a spot. If you almost make it or you have a chance, okay, maybe then I see you're pushing the limits, but if you're just going straight and getting that obliterated and you had zero chance of making it from the get-go, then that's not, I'm not impressed, you know, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't be <laughs> like applauding.
2: <laughs> no, I agree. I, and and, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad what I'm hearing because my biggest gripe for the WSL right now is that outside of Pat O'Connell and Kelly Slater, who's the unofficial you know, commissioner, um, you don't have surfers running this thing. It's very corporate. You have a lot of suits in charge. And I think that seven day window or the five day window they wanted is indicative of that. I mean, anyone who knows surfing knows that anything beyond 48 hours, there's no way you can provide an accurate assessment of how these waves and the conditions are going to be. Um, so if, if the WSL is out in your opinion, what's the future? I mean, is it, should we just move on and not expect contests ever again?
1: Well, no, I mean, they can be done and there's always a place for competition in the sport, but you know, there was another side of it, which is a lot of people don't feel like, you know, the, the competition aspect is the, the holy, you know, peak of the whole thing. Yeah. You're not normally going to see the best ride of the year or the biggest wave of the year in an event anyway. You know, so at Mavericks, most of the time, the best day of the year wasn't the contest day. So it was getting a disproportionate amount of attention as far as like pretending that was, you know, one guy had one good yes. morning and he's the king of the world. I mean, you know, tomorrow he wasn't and it was better. Agreed. <laughs> you know? So, Agreed. But they're looking at right now it's a seasonal award. Um, the, a lot of areas that aren't completely um, you know, exposed and crowded like Mavericks wouldn't be as big a deal to run an event. There's a lot of rules in California that make Mavericks even, you know, tough. On, on top of that, but there is like just the respect for the place and, you know, having to shut so many people down if it's only a few days a year and mm-hmm. what is the purpose of it. Um, so I think there's going to be some evolution in that. And I think there's places where contests are, are a good fit. And what's been going on at Mavericks now with so many people and so many qualified guys, is there's just so many people getting left off no matter what you're doing. And and women, you know, that it's just kind of maybe better to have it be an open place and not try to shut it down. Right. You know, if you get one of those years where there's 20 or 30 good days, great. But you know, over the last two years, you're talking about five or 10 days, and that's kind of harsh to, to shut everybody out for that. So I think they're just going to back away from it. Um, there's not anybody really aggressively trying to do a one-day for-profit thing, mm-hmm. and uh, at Mavericks. But you know, the, the big wave tour. Uh, is still lurking out there there's a lot of neat spots internationally that have uh, you know there's a fun crowds of people that want to see stuff happen and enjoy getting together for these events right whether it be just surfing for free or or, you know having some kind of a prize and doing that but um, you know it's back to the roots a bit and it's definitely going to be more um, you know bootstraps for the next year or two and that's maybe better than what was going on so we'll see
2: Oh, that's awesome. And you're going out there regularly. I mean, you're about to go surf OB, which to me is one of the hardest waves in the world. I mean, it does produce fantastic waves, but you got to paddle out there still, and it's freezing. Um, but you're still aggressively chasing big waves. Not after all these years? Still going strong?
1: Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what was awesome this year. This last weekend, we did the Bragg um, Rescue Clinic at Hafen Bay. So that's mm-hmm. Brian Kielana yeah, and Cole, and Danilo, and Andrea Muller, and a whole bunch of, you know, just basically the, the cream of the crop as far as surf rescue and CPR and all that stuff. And they trained a whole bunch of us at Mavericks and just such a great vibe that, that, um, that broad community of, of. Ocean going sort of enthusiasts that are all over the world that, you know, not everybody's a big wave surfer, but they all have this appreciation and this tie to it. Yes. And you, in those rescue clinics, you feel this like amazing, like life force that a guy like Brian is like this lightning rod of, of knowledge and, and, and passion and stoke and competence. And just spending 15 minutes with them, you just like come out of there like, yes, you know? <laughs> so anyways, that happens around this kind of stuff. And it's really neat to see that, that knowledge shared and to see the younger generation like kind of coming up. And now Greg Long's like this old, uh, sage, you know, and I remember when he was a 16-year-old, and we got <laughs> Luca Paci, like 17-year-old, Mavericks kid there, sucking up, and he's been training with Laird, and he's like, he looks like Amazing. little Hercules now, just like like Jay was that one summer, we came back, and you're like, what happened to the kid? Oh, no and where's Where'd Jay go? And now we got like little little Godzilla kid, but yeah, so it's really exciting to see those guys, and a friend of mine, I was just talking about Kyle Tierman, he's a Santa Cruz surfer who does this yes. really, um, really neat um, podcast that's just all over the map as far as global activism and, um, you know, preserve the ocean and just, you know, what are people doing and why? And he's that just a really neat great. guy. So That's anyway, good. he's been, he's really been doing awesome it forever. Yeah. Characters. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just, this is what's kind of what's buzzing around back here. So, you know, in the, in the, in the absence of an event, some of the better stuff can shine through perhaps. So we'll see.
2: You totally agree.
1: Oh, dog. Any other the questions for the legend?
0: No, I think that's great feedback. And I just want to say you're a legend, dude.
1: You are. Not, not only a
0: legend, but one of the, the most well-spoken legends I've ever met in my career. So
1: Agreed. You are the I'll, put that, I'll put that on my uh, resume. You should awesome. Yeah, well, it, congrats, guys. I'm stoked on your show, and uh, we'll, thanks, you know, man. We'll do some more after the season. I'll see you at. The season, uh, season, uh, season. Yes. Well, well, Grant. Before we let
2: you, <laughs> before we let you go, I was going to ask you. Like, is does this Greg Knoll movie that you're producing, directing, whatever your official title is, is is it does does the movie have a title, and um, how can people see it? I mean, what's the next step? Is there a website? Like, what?
1: What's yeah, good? we have a, we have a, the website's Over the Ledge Productions. And that's uh, it's called the uh, Greg Noel Lost and Found. That's uh, the first episode, so Lost and Found. And uh, you can get it uh, on that. And it'll, so at some point, they're going to make it available. So right now, it's just going to be a film festival screening here and there. Okay. We've got to find out if we get into the fancy festivals because they're really picky about if you showed it. So <laughs> the screening so far was a work-in-progress screening. And then like Sundance or any of those other ones, I don't think we're going to be at that level. But if it was, they would discount you if you show it. It can't screen.
2: That is crazy. I'm at the yeah. website right over the ledge productions.com and, and literally the moment you yep. open the website, it's just clips of Greg Knoll surfing these monster yep. waves in his traditional um, jailhouse trunks. Awesome.
3: <laughs> it is awesome. Yep. Good stuff. Cool, man.
1: Yeah, we're stoked. And Greg's, Greg's such a fun guy and I guarantee whatever, you know, you have no idea about surfing. People, who, This is a great project for people that just really aren't following surfing and they can see this guy and his passion and still can you know, he just it, it doesn't have to have anything to do with surfing. People That's will amazing. get
2: this. And and Grant, if it's okay with you, like once you guys have this uh, more set in stone in terms of production and release and distribution, maybe we can get you and Greg on together to promote it. Um I mean I certainly absolutely love to have him on and, and you're always a pleasure. So thanks, man. It was great talking to you. It's a date. <laughs> <I like laughs> all right. Yeah. I'll bring the roses. It's all
0: good. Awesome.
2: All right, great. Right, take it easy, man. Take it easy. You too. Thank you. And that was the legend that is Grant Washburn. Our first guest, O-Dog.
0: Stoked. Dude, what a first guest. I
2: mean,
3: yeah.
0: like think of all the people you and I have interviewed together throughout the years. I mean, you and I go back to him. I, I mean, you know, yeah, he charges, but he's well-spoken. He's so nice. You know, he's not just like, yeah. And, and look at his accomplishments in documentaries and, you know, he's so intellectual. You and I always say like every time we interview him, the guy is he's, he's just a, a great human being.
2: Yeah, he is. I 100% agree. And and I wanted to tell him this for you. He went off. But in my humble opinion, I feel like if they just put him in charge of Mavericks, it would go smooth. It really would. I, I just I don't think you would have issues if Grant Washburn was in charge of that thing. But the few other people over there, I know, I don't know if it's ego, I don't know if it's insecurity. But clearly, I don't think other members of that community want to relinquish control. Um, but again, in my humble opinion, you give Grant Washburn control of that contest and it's going to run smooth and people will be happy. And you can follow him on Instagram um, at, again, a big G wash. That is B-I-G-G-W-A-S-H and for some great photos and including with uh, Greg Knoll. Do you want to cover some news before we go? We got a we we yeah. couple of big things happening. Well, let's get it. Um, so first off, so uh, we... There's some controversy involving um, the current number one surfer in the world on the men's side, Gabriel Medina. Um, he was disqualified uh, from the recent surf contest in Portugal because of an interference. Um, do you want to listen to the call real quick since we ne- can now play audio on our show?
0: Yes, of course. All right let's hear this. So here we go battle battle here. Caio so Belly. does he have priority? Yes And
1: if he does, Medina's in trouble.
0: What an interesting situation. It Judges are reviewing that takeoff once again. Yeah, if kaios has got
1: priority, Medina's in trouble. That's a priority interference and he'll yes. lose one of his waves. It looks clear to me that both of them obviously thought, thought they, they, had. they had priority. Yeah. One of them would have
0: backed
3: off. Neither one of them did. Backed they had off, contact. Yeah. Medina is getting the message now that he's
0: going to lose an entire wave. So now he has an 8.17 yeah. that he's counting on that priority interference. so now it's just up to one wave for Medina.
2: Yeah. So that was a clip right there. Um, oh, dog! You do an amazing Joel Turpel impersonation. Joel Turpel is the one of the main play-by-play voices for the WSL. Um, yeah. No, I, I, the United don't. States House of <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, what's up?
0: no i don't No, yeah, possibly. <laughs> hey, Joe, joe's such a nice guy though I mean, yeah he I, is honestly yeah and and his commitment to the sport i think is really cool you know he, he tries to research the the stats he does um and he works hard but that dude that interference my gosh i mean it rocked the world obviously i know you've been following it but the amount of death threats and bad publicity that kayo got out of this situation i think is completely ridiculous I mean, and, and hey, you know what? In, in any sport, you have judges, correct? Like, they, they make the calls. So when they switch the priority to the other color, you mm-hmm. look at it and you don't go. I mean, I mean that's very, very simple. You know, very simple. In any rule book, you know, a judge says something or there's a certain call. I mean, like a ref does something in a game. I mean, what are you going to challenge what he just said? I mean, that's kind of what... what happened here and gabriel medina all he had to do was look up see that the flag was not on him and not go and, really is insane
2: and it is insane and what added to the controversy though is the fact that well a so medina basically lost because of that right he had he had his one of his wave scores taken off that's a penalty for interfering but medina stubbornly refused to agree with the judges. And he honestly thought he had priority, even, if, even though if you look at the video, it's very clear he did not. And Medina decided to produce a doctored video on his Instagram account to support his case. And that's led to basically like a social media lynching of a belly, where you, you have this basically social media mob going after him, because Gabriel Medina, he's a two-time world champion, so he has a huge fan base out of Brazil primarily. And so they went after him, you know, it's kind of crazy. And even Kelly Slater came out and said he wishes that Gabriel Medina would kind of like call the call his dogs off and acknowledge that what he's doing is blatantly wrong. And I don't think Medina has done that. I have really think Medina to this day is sticking by his guns and saying he did nothing wrong, even though the, the evidence is overwhelmingly against him. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. But, you know, you have to lay up the situation as well. So um, going into this event, Gabriel Medina had just uh, overtaken the lead in the world tour uh, for the WSL. So he's wearing the yellow jersey. Right. So there's that pressure. Right. And he also had the chance to uh, clinch the world title at this event. So, I mean, you know, and, and it, that's why everything's so magnified on this, I think, especially from the fans. Right. Right. Um, Gabriel Medina fans are insanely great. I mean, no, they're not. I mean, the, the guy's fan base is is crazy. Hey, like,
2: they are. It's
0: insane. <laughs> you know, I I like I I'm telling you like he's rivaling uh he, uh huge sports athletes and I've even heard like rock stars in Brazil. Like he literally is way up there in the popularity level. Wow. Um but but yeah, I mean, and, but, hey, when it comes down to it, you know, he 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 blew it. Hey, you know what? You can have as an athlete, you can have your opinion. But I mean, he, he, I, if I was him, I would have just looked at the flag. I mean, mm-hmm. not that I ever was him, but not, not gone on the wave. And then <laughs> I would have, if I still felt it was wrong, even if I won the heat, and a lot of really, really good athletes, Kelly's one of them that used to do this all the time. He would, he would play by the rules, right? And then when he disagreed, he'd walk upstairs and, and him and the head judge would argue for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and I, dude, I saw it a few times. <laughs> And, he, they would, uh, and they would both leave so angry. But, you know, Kelly still went by the rules, you know? And, anyways, yeah, crazy. Boom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and on that note, that's who is rocking the Richter scale this week. It is, how do you pronounce his name? Kayo Ibelli. Is that how you pronounce it?
0: Yeah, Kayo Ibelli. Guy rips, dude. Kayo
2: Ibelli. He's rocking it just for the simple fact that, you know, thanks to him, it, in large part, Gabriel Medina is causing waves. So maybe Gabriel Medina should actually be nominated this week for rocking the Richter uh, scale. I don't no, know. He
0: already, got, he already got one for. Uh, <laughs> Making out with a supermodel in a
2: oh what video what <laughs> yeah. what supermodel what are you talking about
0: um yeah, some uh, Brazilian um, pop star
2: yeah. oh <laughs> hey now look at you yeah. Gabriel hey now uh Crush. and before we go I mean, before we go so um so there's been some clarification recently on who's going to represent the United States in the Olympics next year for surfing uh do you want to enlighten our audience on on that recent breakdown and who's going to get in or what's going to happen to the Pipe Masters.
0: Yeah, so I mean, um, basically, uh, the big news is that John John kind of loosely announced on in his Instagram that he's going to surf in the uh, the Pipe Masters, and that a big goal in the Pipe Masters is to secure a spot into the upcoming Olympics. Um, now, the one person that actually, uh, there's two people that um, can can actually, you know, overtake that spot, which John John does rightfully have right now. Um, but if uh, Slater and Seth Moniz can, if very, very, very crazy, you know, um, circumstances happen in the Pipe Masters, mm-hmm. will overtake that slot over John John. So that's the big news in the Olympics, and I mean, I'm excited. Olympics should be rad to watch.
2: It is crazy. So John John Florence technically right now would be the second American in addition to Chloe and Dino. Um, Surfline did, did a great breakdown where basically if John John Florence does not surf in the Pipe Masters, which I think is still a possibility, is six months is such a short time frame to come back from an ACL tear. Uh Kelly Slater would still need to finish in fifth, which is not easy. I mean, that's a high that's a high finish. So he would need to do that, and that's if um, John John doesn't compete. If John John does serve in the pipe masters. And if John, John does finish third place or higher, regardless of what Kelly does, John, John gets that second Olympic slot as representing the United States. Um, so that's where we are. And, and you're right. And Seth Moniz, I don't even know where is he from? I didn't even know he was American. That's crazy. Um, oh, what? Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Oh, yeah, there Japanese. you go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. In the WSL, they recognize Hawaii. as it's, it's own country. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah okay gotcha so that's where we are man all right brother that was a great show i love that we had our first guest that was good
0: Lo- love it dude no uh, awesome and that's fun
2: yeah all right brother we'll talk soon and um our next now we're gonna start getting guests on the show regularly so i think either we're gonna get wingnut from um the endless summer two on the show we i've been in touch with greg long so uh and i'd love to kind of uh Throw at him what Grant was saying about him yoking up, turning into a man after being a scrawny little kid. <laughs> <Tears>. <laughs> we, we're,
0: we're gonna have to get a photo or something I don't Yes, know. for sure, man.
2: <laughs> All right, brother, we'll talk soon.
3: All right, you. you. <laughs> you.